0: record that intro. I don't have to do the hum manually each week. Hi, everyone. I'm Ryan.
1: This is your turn. There we go. And I'm Steve, and this is 60 Cycle Hum, the guitar buying, selling, trading, modding, fixing, breaking, reviewing, playing podcast. Whew, that was a close one. I didn't think we were going to make it. Yeah. This first ad was sent to us by
0: Zoe June. It is a Hello Kitty Epiphone. Remember when Epiphone put out a line of Hello Kitty yeah. guitars?
1: This is an Epiphone Special 2 electric guitar cu- customized. Hell. Oh, Kitty.
0: My favorite part of the Hello Kitty Epiphones was the uh, the flame motif
1: behind mm-hmm. the Hello Kitty head. Just those hot rod flames shooting yeah. behind Hello Kitty. Hello Kitty with a difference. Original pickup, but added skull knobs, machine heads, and strap locks. Kill switch fitted where selector was originally.
0: I kind of say I like the look of that kill switch. I want to know more about that switch. I... But I want to know less about the skulls. <laughs> <laughs> he put skulls on everything. There's skulls on the tuners. I didn't get a screen grab of it, but the t- the uh, strap pegs are skulls too, which I had never seen before. I don't know why I didn't no, screen grab it. No, I see
1: it, it in, the, in this picture, though, in the main picture. Right. You can see that something's... So the thing that but there, actually, was a cl-
0: there was a close-up of it that I should have grabbed.
1: The thing that actually throws me the most is it says Hello Kitty with a difference as if this guitar is supposed to have a Hello Kitty pickguard on it.
0: No, they, they stole this Hello Kitty pickguard off of the Squire Hello Kitties, which it's a crying shame because those actually have decent resale value now. Yeah. They're kind of a collector's item, and they've separated that pickguard, and I think they've mangled it a bit. It looks like they opened up that pickup route to fit a humbucker in there. I don't know what pickup was in there originally. But uh, it definitely doesn't look stock anymore. It looks a little mangled to me. And that's sad. But oh. there is something kind of fun about this too, though. The combination, the juxtaposition, really, of Hello Kitty plus Hot Rod Flames and the tackiest skull hardware you can imagine on a guitar. I yeah, would, I would is... be tickled pink to see someone play this in a show. <laughs> Get rid of the skull stuff, though. The skull stuff is too far. Dice, maybe. Even dice is tacky, but the skull stuff, come on. I'm trying to get... It's not, a, that, it's not that it's, like, too scary for me or too hardcore for me. It's that it's too lame for me. Skull stuff like this is boring and dumb.
1: Yeah, the original pickguard was, like, fit the fender, fender humbucker exactly. This one's been squared out ever yeah. so slightly, which is weird.
0: It's a, you, it's a sad thing to do. I'm going to say that the image of Hello Kitty oh, on a guitar is more frightening and hardcore than putting a bunch of skull hardware on a guitar. Yeah. There's something more menacing about a it. A mouthless cat? A mouthless cat that is actually a human woman.
1: Yeah, dressed as a cat.
0: Yes. As so has th- been I revealed to us.
1: What Part of what it is is I think the original Humbucker... For the Hello Kitty guitar is mounted to the body, uh, uh, and this one, so they also added the screws to mount this humbucker to the pick guard. Yeah, that's kind of weird. It's a it's a sad thing that
0: they had that they felt then, they had to this do This one,
1: here. I'm looking at a reverb. They want 530. Yeah, no,
0: they go for good money now.
1: But there is one that's only 300. You'd o- think that only. someone would
0: do well. I guess licensing is the problem. Someone would do aftermarket Hello Kitty pick guards.
1: Yeah, there's a whole thing. I don't know how hard you've dove into the Squire book, if at all, but they actually talk about this series in there. Yeah, the whole series. I haven't read it yet, Steve. I haven't had a chance to. How dare you. I know. I don't have Um, a lot of free time. Just read the Hello Kitty stuff.
0: I'll read it. it They're talking
1: about how it was like a challenge because they didn't want to just like slap a decal on a body. They wanted to do something really like interesting, which they did. And then somebody took that pick guard and slapped it on this Epiphone. (laughs)
0: I watched some Netflix documentary or something like that about Hello Kitty, or maybe it was that uh, the Toys That Made a show. Oh. And there was something that was said in that documentary, or something else I picked up somewhere, talking about kind of the cutesy culture in Japan. Mm-hmm. And there was a concept revealed to me that I thought was very interesting because we look at it from an American perspective, and it's like, oh, that's very weird and kind of childish and like very cutesy. Right. I don't really get it. Like why does everyone infatuated with like this like kid stuff? Mm-hmm. But culturally what it means in Japan is that it's basically like it's punk. Like it's very punk. And the mentality that the rest of their society and the rest of their life is very serious and down to business. Right. And the Like And people embracing this very childish kind of look, this very, very young skewing sort of thing is a way of being like, you know what? I'm not at work right now. huh? Or, you know what? I don't have to work. I don't want to work. I'm bucking the system. I'm going to be a kid. So it's that kind of mentality that doesn't translate completely to an American cultural understanding Mm -hmm. it's their own like version of like a punk rock attitude of like screw all you guys screw your business suits. I'm going to stay a kid because being an adult sucks, you know, man. So that's kind of, I, maybe I'm super wrong, but that's what I picked up from whatever I I feel like I
1: need to, I need to watch it. Yeah. Um,
0: the, the, the toys that made us series is great on Netflix. It's a great series. Yeah. Yeah, I really get a kick out of it. I wish they would
1: do more in a season because they only do like four episodes per season. We've kind of been selective on like which ones we listen to or which ones we watch. So I actually haven't watched, I think, anything past the second season because it's like...
0: We should do our own version and do it the guitars that made us. (laughs) And I can spend six months of my life trying to make a little... Well produced show. Trying to
1: interview a bunch of people who don't really want to talk to you. <laughs> Reverb's doing it. Reverb's putting out a pedal movie. Really? Yeah. I want to get the pedal crush book. I need a hunt to hunt. I need hunt to hunt a copy that down because I need more books in my life. No, I said I, I want it. I know. You I know. You don't have to. get it. Well, that. when you're done reading it, you're gonna leave it here. And I don't have. To I'm gonna it it I only it. brought that over here because you want. Said you I'm wanted to look at it. Feel bad every time you bring it up because I want to look at it. I just don't have time with all this I know, diabetes. I know. <laughs> I've, I've like thought about, I thought about <laughs> reaching out to the pedal crush guys and be like, Hey, you want to just send me one of those? Um, don't, You don't need to beg like, from a bookseller. I know, I know. should just buy it.
0: And also if they were going to give us one, they would have included in us, us in it. Yeah. 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 That's should right. Been like, hey, you want to put us in your book for
1: some stupid reason? All right. How much do they want for this Hello Kitty Epiphone? Too much. Three hundred dollars Australian, two hundred dollars starting bid Australian may not post to the United States.
0: I wonder Well why. I guess we can't even buy it. Yeah. But Now post... that I know it's Australian, it all makes sense.
1: <laughs> they should... What does that is that Is there a koala? Hello Kitty character. No. There's a penguin and a frog. And I'm gonna look it up. I don't know what else there is. Those are the only ones I know. Is there a bat? I feel like there's a bat. Hello Kitty. Koala. Koala. Oh my gosh. Here we are. I don't think there's a koala. Why am I in airplane mode? (laughs) It's gonna make it hard for me to search. Yeah, this is great pod, man. Glad glad we're we're doing this.
0: Ah my phone doesn't want to work. Let us know in the comments. Is there a hello kitty koala? If not, there should be. (laughs) It should be on this guitar with the flames. Sorry, Australia. I don't mean to make light of your plight, even though I did just rhyme that, which was very charming. All right, uh, what's new, Steve? Nothing really, man. Okay, well, ask me what's new. What's new with you? I got nothing, dude. Right, I got man. nothing. I mean, I got new stuff coming in, but I'm just—I'm gonna do videos of them. I don't want to talk about it here. Right, so let's, let's do this album exchange.
1: It. Yeah, this album was uh, selected by me. This is my personal choice. Personal oh, it was? It album. wasn't
0: suggested by the no. Inner Circle? No. Okay.
1: So you did this. I did this. To me. me. I did this to you. <laughs> Screw you, Steve. Uh, this was Jimmy World's
0: Static Prevails. My first note on it as I listened to the first song was, thanks, I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to remember what the opener is on that. I, 70, this is going to be a little bit rough. Satellites? This is one of your favorite bands, right? Yeah. Have you ever listened to this album all the way through? I've listened to this album all the way through. I feel I, like that's breaking if, the rules. I feel like we're supposed to be selecting albums we haven't listened to all the way through. That was never
1: in the rules. Maybe that it was, was just always my established own, from the beginning that this was my designed own to punish other people. <laughs> <sighs>
0: okay, I want to hear what you have to say about I've this album. I've listened
1: to this album a bunch. All right. I
0: actually. Guys, let us know in the comments. Should this be only albums that we haven't listened to ourselves? all the way through or should it or can it be anything let us know what you think the rule should be
1: um what was my first thought actually my first thought was the I first love that thing you took down, notes on this album that you apparently love well because i can't remember like every detail of every song uh but actually the one thing i noticed that was just funny because i i was listening to it at work but the song rockstar which is the second track actually has a music video uh huh and the thing that cracked me up is there's a, like on the chorus, there's like a, like a different o- overdrive and it's a rat. Yeah. And so there's a thing in the video where like they show whichever one of the guitar players it is like smashing a rat, like the pedal. And I was like, oh man, the 90s when your pedal board was just one pedal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Totally. Uh, I actually picked this album because I thought that this, my thought was if there was any album of theirs that would be accessible to you, this would be that album. Why do you think this would be accessible to because me? Because this is like a 90s punk album. I guess. This is like a, this is Jawbreaker, like a Jawbreaker yeah. album, basically. Like that vibe. Or like thing or from- like a Rocket from the Crypt. Drive right. like Jehu kind of a thing like it's yeah. this album is actually produced by Mark Trombino who was the drummer for Drive like Jehu. Sure. And produced like a ton of bands in that genre. But I guess also produced No Knife who you probably also hate.
0: I don't listen to them, <laughs> but I'm f- I'm fine with them existing. Uh I'll just read through my notes. Let's go through these notes, Ryan. This sounds very 90s. It I does wrote, sound very nice. I wrote it at
1: one point. I will say the production quality on this is very like first major release for yeah. a band it, in the 90s. Was it their first? It's their second full length, but it's their first with like a record contract. It was a
0: long ass album too, dude. There was like 18 tracks and each song's
1: like four minutes long. There was only 12 tracks, but each song is like four to five minutes long. It felt like it went on forever. There's one track that's seven minutes long. Uh, something that really frustrates me about, like, because listening to
0: this album all the way through, it felt like being trapped in a friend's car in 2002. This is the <laughs> kind of music everyone I knew was listening to, and I couldn't get away from it. And I, in, two, I just, in ne- 2002? You know, in the early 2000s. Like, I could not escape, like, Bands that sound like this. I was
1: getting dragged to like all these Juliana Theory shows and stuff like that. And that was actually that's an album that I thought about doing because right. a lot of people wanted you to listen to Juliana Theory's "Emotion Is Dead," and they're doing a twenty-year tour of that album yeah. this but year. But I've
0: seen them live like a dozen times because that's what my friends were into, and I wanted to hang out with friends. But I never, I, I just, I don't like the style of music. And I, I wrote a note here. It's really the vocal style I don't like. If it was sung by a grunge mush mouth, I probably would have liked it a lot.
1: <laughs> and then, and but there's, there's two different – so would you say this about both vocalists? Because the two, yeah. the two vocalists are like completely different vocal styles.
0: No, they're like doing the same genre. Like it's the genre of, of vocal style. I guess. I, I get so frustrated by this because it's like this style of music – like. I feel like people aren't hearing what I'm hearing in it yeah. when I say that I don't like
1: it. Because, so I've like,
0: been, I've been complaining about this style of music no, I know. since I met you for over a decade now. And
1: that's what, again, like why I picked this album is because to me, they're, the two vocal styles are very distinctive to me. The two, but vo- they're
0: both within a like, I this mean, genre I mean, I of singing.
1: Yes. But like, I'm looking at it from the perspective of like Bleak 182, I would much rather listen to Mark than Tom. Right and sure, they're both like pop punk vocalists, but they're very distinctive.
0: Yeah, I don't think people get what I'm saying when I don't like this this singing style, <laughs> or like this this the vocal style of this genre of music. Um, I wrote, did these songs get played in the background of '90s teen movies because that's what they sound like? They did.
1: Um, the song. Um Going back, I think 17 was on the Never Been Kiss soundtrack. It just sounds like that like 90s background music. Um
0: going back to the grunge mushmouth thing, uh this is referencing uh, kind of the guitar quality of it and a lot of like the way the songs are played and whatnot. Uh it's emo bush. Sure. Like it's kind of got this Bush quality to it, but with emo singing.
1: I mean, I guess that makes sense. Again, you know, these are bands that are West Coast, like emo, which sure, sure. is grunge tangential, I right. guess. But
0: Bush was—I mean, Bush was Bush a was like UK post band. grunge,
1: but I yeah, guess yeah. or whatever you want to call them.
0: Uh, I wrote "Call It in the Air." Are you familiar with the song? Yes. I wrote "Is the Sound of Steve." <laughs> Like, if I close my eyes and imagine, like, the soundtrack to Steve, like, that is you for some reason. Like, everything in that song, I was like, like, all Steve's influences are wrapped up in this. I mean, that's fair. Yeah. Um, I wrote, I don't think I could tell this music from any other 90s aughts emo band. Like, mix it up with Giuliani Theory and ask me which one it is. I I have no idea. I
1: think Sure. Or the, like Yellow Card the Ju- the or whatever. The Theory album that's before that one. Yellow Card is a pop punk band. But Yellow like, Card is distinctive because they put violins on everything. All right, all right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> something I hate about this genre slash era is the overwhelming sameness is something I wrote. There is, but that's... Like everything know, uh... in, everything like that hits in this genre sounds like it could be the same band. Like I've heard a bunch of Jimmy Eat World like radio hits which weren't on this. And I feel yeah, like I this recognize, is before, I this feel is like recognize before they
1: were radio successful.
0: I recognize those and like, Oh, I think that's Jimmy Eat World when those come on. But everything on this album just sounded like every single other album that my friends were listening to in that time that I was sick of. This
1: is the album that started all those albums potentially. <laughs> cause, <laughs> cause what you're describing is a bunch of things that happened four years after this album ha- I know, I know. came out. I don't know. I said, I like the- Ryan. this album has a Star Wars reference. Okay, I'm going to say something positive. <laughs> I said,
0: I like the intro and the kind of the riffage in Robot Factory. Oh yeah. Robot Factory is a cool song. Yeah. That,
1: I, when I was listening to it, I was like, if there's a song that Ryan actually will like, it would be this one. Yeah.
0: I like the guitar parts in it. Uh, and then my last note is I did it. I listened to the whole thing. I survived. You survived. You made it. <laughs> Um, I think (laughs) it really did feel like being stuck in a friend's car. I think my, um, though.
1: my favorite song on this album is probably Anderson Mesa, which Anderson Mesa is the song that I always thought about when, um, even though they don't sound the same, just like the imagery, excuse me, uh, of, uh, of that song for the, our song 28 steps. Uh huh like i had a lot of the same imagery sure sure in my head just so, just like desert like this is, desert music. Some, this is desert. desert music everyone just wants to be in the desert do you think this is desert music everyone just wants to be in the desert right uh
0: something i a memory i had when i wrote down the overwhelming sameness comment mm-hmm. is we were at a show with our buddies who were in a band that we would play with and uh another band was playing uh, one of these you know pop punky emo sort of outfits and our friend was standing next to me and he started to like mock the vocal melody and he'd be like well he did this and like and now he's gonna go to this and he like predicted the vocal melody line right and it's like they're all doing the same freaking thing in every song and that's what i hear in a lot of this music it's like and it's, a, it's what happens in genres i'm i I'm, yeah. I'm a surf rock guitarist i can't complain like all the songs sound the same but there's something about that style that i really don't like and really doesn't connect with me and because it is just so pervasive and you can't get away from it in this style of music in this genre like it drives me bananas i just hate it Sorry, Steve. Sorry I don't like your favorite band. I should
1: have done their album before this one that nobody nobody likes.
0: (laughs) I'd probably love it. (laughs) I kept trying to think while I was listening to it, like, what does this remind me of? Like, there's, I think there was something in my collection that this reminds me of. And Uh... I think it just, I think it's just, that's what everything sounded like during that time. Like in that late 90s, early aughts, like everything sounded like this. And I couldn't get away from it. And like every show that I went to sounded like this. Right. So thanks for taking me down memory lane, Steve. (laughs) It's a real nostalgic trip.
1: (laughs) All right. If you're in the inner circle, um, you guys have been suggesting a lot of albums. Let us know if you want us to like only pick albums we've never listened to.
0: I think it's more interesting
1: if we do it that way. I think it's more interesting to make you listen to Taylor Swift. But pick a trailer, Taylor Swift album you haven't listened to. I've okay, listened, okay all I've right, li- all I guess right. I haven't listened to her country albums. All right. Do you want to listen to a Taylor Swift country album? I
0: don't know if I want to listen to anything, dude. We're doing this because I haven't been listening to albums and I need to make myself do it. Maybe I don't want to listen to music anymore, especially after this one. <laughs>
2: Dang. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I've been very open about my hate for email. I know. That's... But what I didn't know it was so Jimmy Eat World specific until today.
1: It might not be. Yeah. I, well, I think like their
0: later stuff that gets played on the radio, I'm like, oh, that's fine. That's because, whatever. is well, so the... more developed into like their own sound where this is like just a lot of the same.
1: And I mean, that's the flip side of it is I... I, thought I, can about, hear,
0: I can hear the potential in the in the in the music side of it, the instrumentation side of it. We're like, oh, these guys, these guys have more going on than your standard nineties and aughts right. emo band. Like they're doing some creative stuff here, but then it really is like the vocal styling.
1: And and so I thought about that a little bit actually when I did this because I was like, oh, I could pick like a newer album right. where it's more radio friendly and more hooky, but then it's like Uh, then it's like now i start getting into albums that i don't like right 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 totally it's like mm. and if i really wanted to be like fully punishing i would have just gone with the album after this which is the album that all the emo kids love
0: i i was i'm gonna say like i need to pick an album now that i think you'll hate but i honestly can't think of there's there probably isn't one something that you would hate you tend to just listen to everything that's right I don't know, man. I say that hating music is part of loving it. So
1: maybe you don't love music if you don't hate music. Maybe, maybe. I th- I think I'm sure you could find something that I hate. The problem, the question is, is can you find something that I would hate that you enjoy? I think that's a I think more you, difficult question. I think
0: you hating something is something I would enjoy.
1: <laughs> so I'm saying, like, if you uh, you know, if you want to throw on a disturbed album. Oh, sure. You know, oh, we could go cheap.
0: Who knows? We might listen to something like that and be like, you know what? It's fun for what it is.
1: I will say that like, uh, an artist that, um, that I feel like I don't want to like, but, uh, is like Avenged Sevenfold. But every time Backcountry comes on, I'm like, yeah, I can get down to this. Everything else you about it, there's know. some
0: fun stuff that happened in new metal.
1: Yeah, but there just is. Maybe, we maybe this just needs to be. A, we need to have a future mutually assured destruction where one week we listen to the first Linkin Park album, and then after that we listen to whatever the smash successful Limp Bizkit album. We should
0: do a week where we listen to albums that are hot right now. Yeah, that we haven't necessarily listened to. Oh, no, that's gonna. a problem. <laughs> steve has listened to everything
1: yeah i've i listened to new music i listen to old music but the whole
0: album yeah have you listened to like a whole billy eilish album yeah both of them damn i didn't even know how
1: many there were uh there's well there's, there's like two. a heap there's like an ep that's like seven or eight songs and then the album from a couple of years ago
0: steve's way ahead of me. i gotta find guys tell me an album steve
1: will hate <laughs> Because you, like, you like pop. I think I listened you to the, like the new country. Taylor Swift album, like when it came out. You like? You I know, mean, if it was like a, rap. if it was like a bro country album, that you know that I, that's like a mutually assured destruction. You're scenario. fine with
0: like hardcore, so you're probably fine with any metal I could ever throw at you.
1: I think, I think honestly, like, and I your best bet, it would probably be something like super doomy to the point where it's like only doom kids. Like I tried to listen to a Sun album and I got kind of bored. Oh really? Like I was kind of like, okay. I listened I, I, to I, see
0: what's, I listened to Doom Pandora on the way up to Nam last year, and I was like, I need to listen to this more, and then I never did. Yeah, I like, actually enjoyed it. There's
1: like some of it, but like you know, you're talking about in this like melodies being predictable, right? Like there's definitely things where I'm like, I they're working this with is, like this four is, notes. This is really cool, but like. Okay, uh, let's see. One. Okay, I've counted eight measures here, so they're probably going to change to the next note soon. You know. Oh, that note was a right. fifth. No yeah. way. Oh yeah. wow. Oh, cool. I bet they're going to do something dissonant next. Yeah. Oh. Oh. And <laughs> you know, it, it's not like I. I wouldn't say I hate it, but like I. I definitely like. I couldn't listen. It was very hard to listen to it at work.
0: Maybe I need to go and deep dive into some sort of like world of music or something. Well,
1: I think you know you met you talked about like um, oh yeah you could, that could be I think if you hit me with like a full reggae album oh yeah that could be a tough one I'm just not like white reggae like slightly oh stupid or something like that. So uh, we're gonna both listen to uh, the uh, UB40 album. <laughs> listen to Sublime. Uh, that would I be. have not listened to a full Sublime album either, if I. But I have listened to a th- most of the Police albums. All of them. I'm pretty sure in
0: San Diego they just play every Sublime song there's <sighs> ever been on the radio, so we've probably heard the full album.
1: I've actually never listened all I don't. Oh, I guess I have when I was a kid. I have not listened through Dookie in probably 20 years. That would be nostalgia right there.
0: Yeah, you want to listen to a bunch of songs about masturbating? There you go. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, all right uh hey guess what everyone this episode was brought to you by Tasteless audio makers of fine pedals like the condor caca cuckoo that's what a condor sounds like or uh yeah click click or uh the tonal recall yeah which is a super fun dark and modulated analog delay or the thermae a hyper-glitchy, step-filtery, oh, man, how do you even explain it, sort of delay. Oh, the blooper. The brothers? The blooper, the most ridiculous looper ever invented. You and I've been in the mood for, Ryan? Chase Bliss makes ridiculous stuff. It's more creative than you are. Go check them out. You know, if if anything, go check them out. Go pop them a message. Uh, You know, tag them on Instagram and say thank you for sponsoring the podcast I love to listen to because that would make a big difference for us in our lives. It would enrich our lives. It would enrich chase bliss's lives. It would enrich your life. Go do it. ChaseBlissAudio.com.
1: It's, like it's like the butterfly
0: effect. You say something positive to chase bliss about us on the internet and you are going to help avoid world war four somehow through the chain of events. So give peace a piece of chance guys. That's all I'm saying. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, this topic was sent to us by... Adam Dolhanick. Adam Dolhanick. Uh,
1: he was at a guitar store and they're talking to a guy. And the guy said, if I had a warehouse, I would start collecting 80s guitars.
0: That's quite a story.
1: If That's you a had, topic, right?
0: If you had a warehouse... What kind of guitars would you put in? And you were going to collect from a decade... Speculatively, that they would increase in value. Would you go 80s or would you go for a different decade?
1: I mean, I think, I guess, like the 80s are next because nobody thought 70s Gibson and Fender stuff was ever going to be worth anything. Sure. And that stuff has been climbing. And 80s stuff is all 30 years old now. Yeah. So I think they're, they're not making any more stuff from the 80s. No. Uh, they will be in the future, though. Yes. In the 2080s. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, I I think. As much as, like, I want to be like, oh, no, it's all trash, you know, the, I think the early Fender American weird stuff, like, it's going to follow the same trends as the 70s. I say, like, so, like, the Fender Elite Series. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or in the late 80s, like, the Fender Plus Series. Which
0: is weird to think about, because, and like, some of those, like, MIJ Fenders had the thickest, crappiest poly paint yeah. jobs on I, them.
1: I think the Fender Japan stuff, there they will see value and rising, the weird, but I, I think weird I hardware
0: cap. and stuff. I, 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 there's there's the assumption that everything that gets old enough is gonna be equal in value to things that previously got old enough. I just don't think it's
1: true I will, across the board. I will say that at least with the Fender contemporaries, people are trying right to make that stuff be expensive so that's like what i have right uh people are trying um let me see if i can find one that's actually i'm looking on ebay um trying to find actual auction pieces you're talking about your mij fender yeah that's which, a great which one. i'm not seeing any but it's actual, got an
0: aftermarket bridge on it it doesn't have the original bridge. it does
1: but what i'm saying is what what i'm all i'm getting at is that I have I looked those up on reverb last week and people are trying to get like a thousand dollars for the original, like the all the original parts, a thousand twelve hundred dollars for those. Yeah. Which I'm just like I mean, the
0: neck on yours is one of the best strat necks I've ever played in my life. Like that guitar just melts into my yeah. body.
1: Um, I'm looking at buy it now on eBay. Buy it now. Buy it now. And people are like What accent was that? I don't know. People are listing buy it now's with a system two for eight seventy-five, but some of them are still going pretty cheap. Like four fifty, uh $600 kind of climbing. These are buy it now prices, so sometimes they're negotiated. I, I'm not convinced no. that buy it now's are the always issue, real. But. The
0: the issue is nostalgia. Are there enough
1: people that have nostalgia for eighties guitars? Well, and that's what I mean is I I think the the Japanese stuff you know it's really high quality I think I just think the prices have a ceiling on it I don't I don't I mean I guess we don't know because that's like the first wave of big brand import stuff yeah right um so we it's kind of hard to there was like there's nothing to speculate on a lot of trash out of the 80s there was good stuff oh yeah too,
0: but there was it was kind of kind of like the the beginning of like where we are now with like cheap, affordable guitars being somewhat playable. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of stuff that made it on the market and stayed on the market. Like I'm thinking like washburns and stuff like that. Right. Like eighties washburns that were like the, the cheaper versions of stuff. And I mean, made to look like, you know, super strats and whatnot, but they're just not going to have the value of, you know, the right era of Kramer or something. So So I I don't think you can be so general to just be like, oh, I'm just going to collect a bunch of 80s guitars and it'll pay off. No, it's got to be the right ones. It's got to be very specific guitars for there to be any sort of investment payoff. And it like some of that is so speculative. Like, how could you ever know?
1: Well, I think so. I think that's the tough thing. But what I'm looking at right now and again, these are just what people are asking for. Have you ever played Adam Strat? The, The Silver Strat?
0: Uh, rather i should say have you ever oh, played chelsea strap you ever played chelsea yes Strat?
1: yes people are trying to sell those for over 1500 dollars on ebay
0: but those were worth quite a bit of money
1: when we met her no they weren't how much were they worth not over a thousand dollars so that's what i'm saying is like these guitars that work right. because they're weird push button yeah i yeah. mean it's push button selection they have that rubber grip and, on the knob so you don't yeah all that grip. all that kind of funky stuff like People, People are, are trying tr- to push that now. People are trying to drive that the same way. So, so you know, again, like I, I've said it already. I always assumed that was like a fourteen hundred dollar guitar when we met her. I think it. I think you could get those for like eight or nine hundred dollars at the time. Still, that
0: wasn't bad fifteen
1: years ago. No, but you know, at the same time period, you could also buy like seventies Strats for like a thousand dollars. That's true. And those now seventies Strats are like twenty five hundred plus. Those were instruments that people said, like, "Oh, that's Fender's worst era," and the eight, the early '80s stuff is kind of the same thing. Like it was Fender doing weird things, trying to get their feet back on the ground. And there are certain models that that did see price increases sooner. So like the Dan Smith era Strat, like the all the walnut right. Strat, that was the Strat. Like they they had a niche, but I think those types of things are going to start seeing increases. And I think. If it's tied to, like, an American-built yeah. instrument, the same thing with Gibson. Like, their American stuff, you're going to start seeing that go up. Something that would be interesting is uh, whether or not instruments like the Sonics and the Gibson Marauder start right, to see price right. increases because they've seen a little bit of flux, but I'm still seeing – like, the last I checked, which was pretty recent, I was still seeing those in, like, the – Six to seven hundred dollar range at the most. Yeah, some of that's just because it's hard to find those in in well, decent condition. Yeah, it's one of those guitars that because
0: it was kind of cheap and people didn't really want them, they got a little bit mangled. Yeah, and is, parted they, out. Some and of stuff. them got a lot mangled. You know, like that's the story of like the Mustang, like the Fender Mustang. Yeah. You find it mangled all the time because people didn't want them for a long time, and so people were trying to turn them into things that they did want, which always was disastrous. Um, I don't know if, if I, if I was going to collect guitars on speculation that they would be worth more money, I would start collecting the quirkier fenders from the nineties starting through now, like Like the supersonics Vista era stuff. Uh, you know, like the Venus and, you know, uh, Mm Jagarillo, uh, Cyclones and stuff like that. I tried to look up the price of Cyclone Twos, is it the one with all the all the Jaguar pickups in it? Uh or is that the three? I forget. And I couldn't believe how much they, they go for now. Yeah. So you, I wish I'd bought all of those when they came out.
1: You can still get a Sonics one eighty, the Gibson Sonics one eighty for as low as like three fifty. Wow. But there are people who are trying to sell them for like eight or nine hundred dollars. Right. Like and that could be an indicator if people are trying to get those prices that eventually maybe they hit those prices i, I don't know what were those know.
0: gibson guitars that were that really wild shape and they were like their floyd rose uh the M, humbucker single humbuckers yeah i think so i wouldn't mind owning one of those chelsea has the ba- the bass version of that <laughs> speaking of chelsea again
1: yeah, but that's like all, that one is uh, an Epiphone. Epiphone. But it's the same body style. Yeah, the same. Yeah,
0: I knew a band that
1: that was playing that guitar, and I just thought it was so cool at the time. Somebody, this has it sold, but I don't know. This is a Fender Deluxe Series Cyclone 2003 Ultra Rare Vault version. Basically, it still has all the case tags attached and whatever that eBay is saying sold for $1200 which is just
0: yeah that's what they're going bonkers. for now and they were like they were like 500 new
1: here's a cyclone 2 at 14 almost 1400
0: yeah they're going to come out with a squire version that got leaked yeah it's just not going to have the jaguar pickups in it which might be better. I don't know. Not everyone's gonna like Jaguar pickups, but
1: I like Jaguar yeah, pickups. People are definitely trying to sell the MIM Cyclones for like as close to a thousand dollars as possible. Yeah, you know, some of that is dependent on um what pickups and stuff they have. But Fender so, does all these
0: like quirky short run things, and I think that there's collectability there because yeah. you can't get them again.
1: I will say, like and they never put them out
0: from the same. Uh, country or the same factory or the same configuration
1: again. Mine is a little beat up. Um, yeah, and, how much is and it's mine? But Jagstangs sell for seven hundred plus. I should buy a Jagstang. That's a you know you could fill. What's <laughs> w- the cat mean for me? I should buy a Jagstang. <laughs> um this is here's one that sold for nine hundred and ten dollars i got mine for it's crazy that the I cyclone
0: got, is going for more than the jag sting it's because the jag Stang is a piece of crap
1: <laughs> it's just a weird you know it's a half it's it's a half built guitar um but it has more like prestige behind it because yeah it's but it's Kirt a Kupin longer guitar. run and they reissued it a couple times so. um you know, they ran it from they ran it ninety five ninety six and then they ran it again in like the early two thousands.
0: I have no business wanting more guitars. It's
1: but bad, but bad legitimately idea. like the Jags thing could be something where if you're just gonna fill a warehouse with guitars, just go out and buy as many jag sings at like five hundred dollars as you can find right now. Yeah. Just put them in a warehouse for another ten years. I bought when my I granted like but I as, got, if
0: you're gonna talk about things to collect To invest in, guitars take up so much space, and you'd really rather play them. And space costs money. Like warehouse space costs money. I don't think it's a good thing to do.
1: Well, and the whole thing is, is like people are always like, "Whoa, well, uh, you know, if you bought a Fender Stratocaster in 1957 for 250 dollars, well, that that's worth like thirty thousand dollars or fifty thousand dollars." Now it's like, yeah, but if you would have just bought like gold 200 no not gold actually uh <laughs> but if you would have bought like three hundred dollars and just like uh a uh, mixed a mixed stock fund sure in 1957 and you know that part of that was like a couple bucks in ibm or something Freaking
0: like go back to 1957 and buy 250 dollars in real estate i'm just saying i wish
1: i could go back to the beginning
0: of the season and put some money on the cubbies <laughs> I bet you could buy a plot of land in San Diego in 1957 for 250 bucks. Oh yeah, that would make you a multimillionaire right now. Uh,
1: yeah, that would not surprise me at all. I mean, I, I literally
0: every once in a while, like, I'll don't see, invest in guitars. Buy a piece of land in a city that might grow.
1: I every once in a while, like, I see a thing where somebody's like talks about how on like because I'm on the Reddit San Diego Reddit. Uh huh. Someone will talk about how like their uncle bought a house in like uh North Park or something in like 1980 for $45,000 yeah. and they just died and now like the family has to like figure out cuz everybody's fighting over this house and it's like y'all just need to sell it for like $800,000 and like split that profit. Yeah, no kidding. Like and it's like a one <laughs> Don't be- it's fight like a one bedroom
0: airbnb it out and split it Mm -hmm. split Mm -hmm. that passive income boys boom that's what i would do that's my life plan
1: anyway uh yeah 80s i I like that idea of like collecting weird fender stuff yeah um it's
0: got to be from the major brands because no one's gonna wake up one day and be like Well, I really want this 80s washburn. Like this is the collectible. Washburn was
1: actually exactly the brand I was thinking of. Of collecting washburns? Well, no, like just I was like, oh, what's that? Like because I always like the washburn A5s.
0: All the brands in that genre from the 80s that were you know trying to do what other brands were being successful with and they're putting out student models or whatever. Or like an Aria 2 or something like that. Like Yeah. Like you can buy up all the Aria twos you want, but you're gonna spend more and storing them than you'll ever make from the investment because no, like, no one's no one's gonna wake up one day like john mayer's not gonna wake up in one day and you know what i'm only gonna play aria twos now and i'm you know there's not enough on the market to to satisfy the need you know it's just not gonna happen yeah um but then john mayer picks up offender the strat and now there's a reissue of it right
1: or j- the pink jackson
0: right exactly that's that style of thing. Like I just don't be...
1: invest in, like you said, don't invest in musical instruments. No, it's a
0: bad yeah. idea. It's a bad idea. Like if, if you buy a musical instrument cause you love it and you're going to play it and it turns out decades that it's worth something good on yeah. you. Yeah. I don't think you're you you lucky. I don't think you should plan on music instruments being an investment. That's a bad idea. Even,
1: I mean, you know, even going back to like the classic, like those old examples, you know, the return on investment on like a sixties fender, whatever, like you talk about the guitars and yeah, it's the, some of the values there, but those prices start going down really fast. Once you move outside of like, as you move, like from the beginning of the sixties to the end of the sixties. And as you move from like model to model, right? This is a conversation, you know, that we've had with, with uh, Mike Adams is like, Oh, 1967, you know, Jazzmaster, master jag or whatever like what's that worth and it's like oh i wouldn't pay more than like 3500 right and that's you know like same. a
0: 61
1: yeah but it's like even the same thing with like strats it's like and you can try to like time that out but i mean i guess that's the point of an investment but right
0: right also, not everything old is worth anything. There's guitars made in the '60s that there's one on our local Craigslist right now that you can buy for 250 bucks. Like what is it? Again, I got, got, just some old a variant. Yeah,
1: and so that and I think that goes back to the idea of like if you're gonna tr- if you really want to try to do this, you you yeah for the cost of one like 1980s USA Strat, you could buy like. Probably three or four or five Kramers, Kramer Berettas. Ah, right. Maybe Kramer Berettas. Like that's a mixed. Um, but you know, is something significant is going to have to happen to like skyrocket the value of a yeah. Kramer. And you Beretta. can't predict.
0: You can't predict that.
1: The Fender stuff. It you know that that's a ship that's gonna that's gonna ride any tide because that's a brand that's just going to be perpetuated yeah
0: but. i'd say the safest bets big like the couple big brands fender gibson and then chasing short run
1: models and finishes i think short run like you said the short run i still you know i, I think about it and i think about the fact that like you can get a sub four hundred dollar five hundred dollar the the those sonics is and the marauders and whatever yeah. just gotta pick up a couple of them i <laughs> Because because that because that is a a situation where there are enough of them and they yeah. are a major brand that I could see like whoever the next I don't like they are pretty unique too whoever the next Fallout Boy is right could right. like pick something up like that you'd have to like time that sale yeah if
0: if they go up in value at all the sell ne- sell sell right the away. next
1: the next Jack Light. All right, let's talk the about next this Jack guitar. We'll,
0: we'll be playing Gibson for That Adam Dolanix. Uh, this is like an all
1: inboxer yeah, episode, I know this, isn't hap- it? this happens like once every couple of years that we just do an all Adam episode. <laughs> the first one wasn't, but uh this this
0: guitar has been floating around on different groups. I've seen it posted other places yeah, too. Yeah, this
1: was actually posted by some the person who posted this in that group is also in um our group, okay. I think. Uh, or at least is in a group that I'm in, which is, uh, Eugene Ivanov.
0: So we're looking, we don't have any price information Any I, I don't think it's even a listing. I think it's someone showing off their guitar. Uh, it's a cherry red SG looks very nice. Uh, P90 loadout, mm-hmm. but the twist and there is a twist, Steve, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the bridge has been replaced with a mastery. What? And the stop tail piece is missing. And further down the body, there is a Fender Jazzmaster offset style tremolo installed in the body, which means wood was removed from an SG, which is already a guitar suffering how, from lack of wood.
1: How dare they?
0: Uh, so do, I you mean,
1: think the, do you think the weight of this bridge is more or less than the amount of wood that was taken out? They're not the bridge, the the trim system. Do you think that weighs more or less than the wood? Oh, it's probably equal. It all comes out in the wash. But I always
0: crack up when I think about my SG. When you take off the pit guard, just how little wood is around the neck joint. Right. And just like the thought of removing more wood from an SG is a little bit hilarious to me. Um, It needs more wood, not less wood. But I don't know. I don't think I hate this. I mean, Gibson-style headstocks are infamous for... Not being great for tremolo use because of the uh, sharp angle right. on the on extra, the strings.
1: extra you gotta really have that. Uh, you gotta that get that string nut, butler. That nut lubed.
0: Get the nut lubed. Put that string butler on there so the strings glide through the nut mm-hmm. slots straight instead of kinked to the
1: side. Um, I think this looks really good. I mean, I obviously, cool. like I understand why people don't like the the completely missing <laughs> tailpiece, but uh, you know, I think. I think this is a match that works, yeah, I think it looks fine.
0: I think it looks cool i this is the sort of thing like I could see pure Salem guitars running with oh, this concept yeah. and doing a run, yeah, you know I don't know i the 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 offset fender trim, if you get it dialed in right, can be very pleasurable. It's a very smooth, flowy trim. I think it would work well i mean I, the guitar's got p nineties
1: yeah, this is a Gibson SG classic. Nothing or at about, least it, it looks like one.
0: I, th- this is your own guitar. You Do what you want to do. It looks like the installation is clean. I, I'm fine with it. I don't know. The problem, the problem I'll have is when tra- someone tries to sell this at an upcharge. <laughs> then I'm like, nope, 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 nope. <laughs> yeah. This is
1: probably like a $1,100 guitar. Now it's an $800 guitar. Maybe to the right to the right person, which.
0: I mean, if you really want to get your money out of it, take the mastery out <laughs> and sell the mastery separate and put a tune matic back in there. There you go. Or a roller bridge, like a cheap roller bridge. Yeah. I wonder if they had to do any sort of modification. I don't I don't remember if the posts are a different width on a Jazzmaster bridge versus a pneumatic. I'd imagine they're a little different.
1: I have no idea. So there
0: might be some sort of modification underneath that pick card there to allow that bridge to exist. Let us know in the comments if you know the tech specs between the two bridges. Like if uh if they had to do some redoweling there in the body.
1: You don't think Mastery makes a version of their bridge that's just a a, drop-in Tom replacement?
0: No, I don't think they do. Oh. I think it's in, entirely specific to Fender guitars. Really? Yeah. I might be wrong, but that's been my impression all along. I that's, just
1: have no idea. I've never...
0: I mean, I've, I've never had to look that up. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, hey, Steve, when have you uh, ever felt like a poser? Right now, in a musical situation,
1: all the time. Did
0: Adam ask that question
1: too? Adam asked that question. Also, that's
0: our next topic. Pull it up. Read the whole thing. <laughs> because I don't, I don't remember the direct quote. Um, if you feel so inclined, sir. To keep the show going for the Just sake keep, of the show? You want me Steve? to
1: look it up? You want me to look it up and talk at the same yeah, time? Yeah, I do,
0: Steve. Help me carry the show. <sighs> this is it. This is the end. This is the fight that breaks up the show.
1: My back hurts, Ryan. I've been carrying the show too much.
0: <laughs> he says, I should have screen grabbed it. He it's says, when
1: have you most felt like a musical poser or poser in general? Discuss. Um, I think uh, anytime. Um I think the main thing for me is like, I always feel super posery at NAMM. Mm. We have this. Uh, we have this. Uh, well, you do kind of dress up like a metal dude. I do, and That's you try true. to like hang out with I other metal people. I try to wear people. leather pants and a uh, leather. and I get a. Uh, I get like a ratty, yeah, like I think the dyed like, black wig. The
0: fishnet shirt is a weird look for you. Yeah, super poser stuff, Steve. I don't know why you do that every year at Nam. Just trying to fit in, man.
1: (laughs) Those are your people. Those are that's that's who I want to be with.
0: But just at NAMM in general, you feel like a poser. Like you feel like you don't belong.
1: I think anywhere, like I don't know. I I think it just is in a lot of musical mixed musical environments. I always feel like, oh, this is you guys have a you guys have a thing that you do, and I'm guys do this.
0: Weirdly, professionally, yeah, and hmm. I'm just a hobbyist. But here. I mean, there's like
1: a lot of people at that we know at Nam who are hobbyists, and I'm like, man, you're really good at this. Like, right, you're right. really good at guitar. Well,
0: it's because their hobby is playing guitar, where our hobby is buying guitars. <laughs> That's true. There's
1: probably a lot to that.
0: <laughs> there's probably way too much to that. Uh, this is this is kind of a weird one for me. Like I always. I I'll always say it, that in Dinosaur Ghost, my band that's pretty much not active now. We haven't played in a long time. I Even though I'm the songwriter and kind of the creative force behind it, I am easily the worst musician in the band at any given point. Right. Like, I just am. And the
1: fact that the other musicians are
0: good. I mean,
1: al- is that any different than any other band you've been no, in? No, but it
0: allows me to prop up this concept in my head that i tried to put together and it's like yeah i'm writing the core of the song as it starts but then you know ariel and mitch and whoever's drumming for us at any given time goes like oh i see what you're trying to do there what if we do this this is this and i'll be like yeah that's what i was trying to do (laughs) it's like kind of like i'm the first person on the soccer field to kick the ball But then the rest of the team carries it through to the net or whatever. All
1: right, guys. And it's
0: like, yeah, I guess I started that. But everyone else kind of like did the real work. Right. Right. (laughs) Like I had the idea like, oh, guys, let's kick the ball that direction. But then everyone else did the hard work you know, or did the actual skilled stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, So I've, you know, in my in that band, for sure, just because uh, Ariel and Mitch are kind of beasts of players. Um, I I would feel a bit of like a poser.
1: I think you know, based on kind of conversations that I've had, um, with different, uh, different YouTubers Mm -hmm. in our like field of YouTube, like in our little corner of YouTube, I think a lot of of uh, I think a lot of YouTubers have at least some level of imposter imposter syndrome. Oh, sure. Where well, it's I like, did that.
0: I did that video at Forty Two Gear Street where I walked around and asked everyone, like, who the best guitarist there was, and then who right. the worst guitarist was. And a lot of people said, "Oh, I'm the worst guitarist." Yeah, because that's how we all think of ourselves. We all think like, "Oh man, I don't play like that guy. I don't know those yeah. riffs, so I'm just the worst." And
1: there's always that thing where it's like, and and you know, so I say <laughs> for me, like, I'm I'm really uncomfortable in musical situations because I don't have a comfort zone. Or at least my comfort zone like doesn't make sense. like doesn't, right, right I don't feel like makes sense. Steve but, has
0: no comfort zone. But I mean like it, there's like a personal bubble around Steve and everything inside of it is discomfort. It's true.
1: <laughs> no, but you but you know what I mean. So it's like so like in the forty two Gear Street example like I there are well one everyone you know nobody's going to say like I there were definitely some people who said you were the worst guitarist, but it was supposed to be like a joke because right, right. you're the one who's asking the question. But I think that I
0: I sincerely think I was the worst guitarist. You probably were there or at any of those events.
1: Um, But but I think, you know, there is there's also recognition that like from other people, you know, as as stupid as it was, like the video you did with Steve Vai. Right. Where you like where you take the guitar and like he tries to he does tries to play like whatever. I already forget. Wipeout. Yeah. Was it Wipeout? whatever surf song he he like starts to play. And then he's like, Oh, you want to play? And you're like, uh, and then you play the same song. He's like, don't, I just, I just butchered that. What are you doing? You know? (laughs) Um, And so I think, you know, there is some recognition But also
0: he pulled it out of his ass to even play that. Right. But it's like and I should know how to play that way better than I even played it right in front of him. So Uh,
1: but I mean I think there's some recognition within the community of like each person is doing their thing. Their their thing and that each of the people who are here are good at their thing. And what I'm saying is the thing that I'm good at I don't think is I'm is good enough to Share with other people, basically.
0: <laughs> so it's just, it's it's this really. Weird, I think you, no, I think you're a very good bassist in a band setting.
1: It's a really weird existence where, like, I'm actually the the booth at. I feel like I'm talking so much about Nam, but it's the place where I feel the most like an imposter because I'm surrounded by like hundreds, if not thousands, of musicians who are way better than me. Right. The one spot at Nam where I feel the most comfortable because everything there is so. Weird to begin with is the rocious booth.
2: Mm, yeah. Like
1: I will go to town on rocious pedals on bass because it's just like there's something comfortable about them for yeah. me. They kind of reinvent the wheel, so it's like
0: you don't have. There's no expectation well, going into there's it.
1: There's that, and I think they they don't they don't fit in a. They don't exist in a space. So like right. I go to the dark glass booth, and everything there is like bass fuzzes and bass drives and whatever but I feel like I got to do something because dark everything's like, like bassy. really clean and shiny and everything there's really clean and shiny and um Ryan he always has like this donnable bass there and his pedals and it just like I said it just feels comfortable and it just feels like go to town and make noise and it just works like yeah. for like I'm comfortable there um And there were other booths that I was in where, like, I was like, well, I know like five or six chords that I can string together and make some cool sounds. And as long as I just try to make those sounds sound cool and don't try to do anything outside of that, like, I'm going to be fine. But then it's like when you go to a booth after, like, again, like, right after, like, anybody else that I know, or like, I'm in sitting in a booth and I'm looking across the booth and like Mason stoops is over there. I'm like, well, I I don't even know why I'm trying to play these pedals. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not like anyone else besides the guy who's showing like who's also got headphones on so he can show you the different sounds pedal makes. Like no one else can hear what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. But I'm still like, oh, what do I do? What do I do with my hands? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. That's how I am like a lot. Like and I and like you said, like I I do get, like, a lot of compliments in in group settings. Like, oh, yeah, like, that, that like, walk right there was, like, the perfect addition to a song. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, cool, thanks. Every I, time I, I felt pl- really awkward doing it. Every time
0: I've played with you in a band setting, you always, you're just one of those players who, who knows where to live in the song. Oh, thank you. That's, that's the reality of it. Like, but then if I put a bass in your hand right now. Oh, it would be like, terrible. Like, play me a riff. And you would just, you'd be like deer in the headlights and no, you'd be like, play something really weird and like, and it would fall And you'd apart. be like, why did you do that? Yeah, Steve, what and are you, you doing? Yeah, I
1: know. <laughs> that was, uh, that's the, <laughs> I feel like at some point you need to do a, a blooper reel from Nam and just put my entire Fender, <laughs> Fender Mustang video in I that. I haven't scrolled through that yet. Uh, I need to edit that video and
0: see if it's, it's
1: worthwhile. It, I don't think it's. I felt really so bad. So I'll
0: just be, I'll just put blooper reel graphics on it, like blooper reel from NAMM. And it's only that video and it just plays in its entirety. <laughs> That's how I
1: feel about it. It's just like
0: <laughs>
1: after every riff. <laughs> Li- literally. Okay. So literally, like I said, like I went from there and then I went down to, down to Fuss Roche's. And the entire time I was in Fuss Roaches, I was like, why did I not play any of this? Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird. I don't know. Sure. I just needed to
0: put a crazy fuzz onto your bass patch and then you would have been fine.
1: I don't know, man. <laughs> All right. Let's, uh, I want to, you know, I, I let's up, Like, obviously, sure. So apparently this struck a nerve with me. So it struck a chord. I have a lot to things? say about, about this, but you know, leave something in the comments. Let us know what your musical situation is. Where By you, when you, f- where you feel, like you feel out of place, where you feel like a poser, where you feel like you just don't belong, yeah. Maybe it's not musical. Do you have any not musical situations?
0: Uh, I don't know. I'm I'm generally just like not really at
1: place in the world, anyways. Most of the time. So do you ever look at Paul Frank's Instagram account and you're like, why am I even making art?
0: <laughs> um. You know what? No, like I know who I am as an artist, and I've I've never been like, oh, that person's so good. Why do I even bother? Because I can get people to pay me to do yeah. what I do, so I don't worry about it. That's true. I've never, like, I, I don't know. It's hard to explain. Like, no, my, that,
1: I mean that makes sense.
0: My outlook on that stuff, because I don't, I don't think I feel embarrassment most of the time when other people would feel embarrassment right even though i should feel embarrassment
1: and not to not to say that like music is a competition sure because it's not supposed to be a competition but i think there is definitely like because it there's such a range of skills um i think that there can be like it's not intentional it's not like like i will just watch youtubers right playing bass and be like what am I doing with my life? You know? Sure. Um, and it's like, they're not people I know personally. Like they're not making this video to spite me. <laughs> no, they know? are. They told me. Oh, okay. They're like, this uh, is for Steve. they are trying to get him to quit. Pe- people I've never, people I've never met are making videos before. They actually know that I exist. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, um, the only, I'm trying to think well, of like, like other, the- other instances in your life. Like, I, I definitely know, like, for me, I do do some... Oh, well, I'll say, like, running. Uh-huh. Running's not... Like, absolutely, like, running is like, oh, this is a thing that I do for my health. Uh-huh. And this is a thing that I do because, like, I want to get out, like, at, like... The last, uh, the last run I went on was just because I wanted to go, like, run, do a trail run at, like, 9 o'clock in the morning. Like, pretty much when the sun was just getting high enough to really warm up where I live and uh it was great and it was fantastic but then at the end of it like you know there's this part of me that's like I look at I talk to other people who run and they're like oh yeah I ran this morning like oh uh five I I did like five miles at like a six and a half minute pace and I'm like oh I did like four miles at like a 12 minute pace oh and it's like so this again it's like a non-competition where it's like you still there's still this, like, inkling of, like, why am I even doing this if I can't do it, like, anywhere remotely fast, even though I'm doing it to, like, the best of my own ability. Right, right. And I also know people who, like, run marathons at, like, a 16-minute mile pace, and it's like, that's barely faster than walking, but those people, I don't think they care. They're just like, I'm going to go do this they thing. They sticker on their car. Because I want to do it. Yeah, yeah they – they want that they want that sweet, sweet metal.
0: I haven't I had an athletic inadequacy. In ah, I can't say the word. Inadequacy. Like uh, recently. Recently. Okay. Uh, I went on vacation to Hawaii mm-hmm. two weeks ago. And uh I had my sister brought some surfboards. Mm-hmm. I surf. Um I had the opportunity to surf at Hanali Bay, mm-hmm. which is a known place to surf. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't huge or anything like that. It was a, it was a modest day. Um, I've been having shoulder problems. I started to paddle out. It was a really long paddle and like halfway through I'm looking at it. Like, I don't know if I'm going to make it. And I look back at shore and I'm like, well, I'm not going to make it back if I'm not going to make it to the, to the peak. So I might as well keep going. Right. Um, I get out there. I try to catch a wave. I fumble it. I don't catch the wave. Uh, the wave, pulls the surfboard and my sister had installed the wrong little tie for the, the leash on it. And it snapped. Oh, cause she, lo- she lost the original tie and she put like some other BS little tie in there. Mm-hmm. So now the surfboard is being washed in over the reef. Mm-hmm. I've got a shoulder that's killing me. I'm feeling out of shape cause I hadn't surfed since the summer because I don't have the time. Right. Um, so I'm trying to swim. I after. would have just blamed that it's cold. It wasn't cold though, it was Hawaii.
1: No, I'm saying like you haven't surfed since oh, the summer sure. because it's cold. No, I do
0: I do need to buy a new <laughs> wetsuit, but that's not an excuse. Um and so this whole fumble happened with my sister trying to go retrieve the board and then push it towards me where it went through a wave and came down right on the edge of my other shoulder blade <laughs> and like funny boned me in a way that made me come up screaming for like two minutes. Because, like it made my whole body hurt, oh, made me no feel like the teeth were shooting out of my mouth uh because it just hit like the the my collarbone right on the edge right, right where it connects to your shoulder, and so now I've got two bum shoulders, I'm twice as far out as I feel comfortable paddling, and I just ended up limping back to shore without having caught a single wave, oh man, and all the Hawaiians saw me, a sea turtle saw me. <laughs> my wife and my kids and your, me, and your sister and my sister saw me limp back
1: to shore defeated and it was pretty embarrassing oh man what's funny is i was thinking about that, i'm like ah, ryan surfs like there's probably not really like that much imposter syndrome so i won't even bring that up
0: <laughs> you know it's one of those things where like competition like the what surfing competitions are mm-hmm. doesn't exist in surfing like what how most people experience it right like there's no points there's no scoring there's no like you either catch a wave or you don't and what you do on the wave is your business like yeah. no one else cares like it's easy to be like oh that guy's really good or like oh that guy's not that great but he's doing his own thing it's in and, and it's just not a competition thing um so yeah it it is rare for me to be like wow i really sucked today yeah you know and feel any sort of embarrassment over that i felt more i felt more shame for myself that you know i wasn't in shape and i wasn't ready to perform normally so
1: <laughs> a little bit of poser there syndrome go. though all right let's uh, let's talk about this last ad and then well, get let's out of here. Uh, let's do some real quick housekeeping, oh, yeah, housekeeping. uh again you know <coughs> nobody's nobody new is joining but that's okay uh, Housekeeping still keeps this show going. You know uh, what? It's
0: unusual that no one new has joined. Usually we get new people every week.
1: Well, we had like a weird recording schedule. I that's don't know. That's fair. Too. Anyway, that's true. Um,
0: but you're, usually we have new people.
1: Yeah. If you want to support the show, whether it's at the $1 level $2, $5, $25, $500, $1,000, $500,000. Um, yeah. You only have to support us for one month. No,
0: do it every month. $500,000.
1: You know, uh, go head on over to patreon.com. So that's 60 cycle humcast. That's one of the things that keeps us going. It pays for trips. Um, It helps us uh, pick up new equipment. It drives like a lot of Ryan's like little goofy pedal explorations, buying all the cheap fuzzes and all the cheap choruses and on whatever on Amazon.
0: I was able to discover a 20 to $30 fuzz. Kuvave.
1: The Kuvave that I can a
0: hundred percent recommend people buy if they're looking for super fuzz style Yeah. And I was able to do that with money from the Patreons. I didn't have to dip into my own pocket to you know, explore six different cheap fuzzes to find the good one. I yeah. found the good one for you guys.
1: When you join at the best friends level, which is the $5 level, we're going to send you some stickers and picks. And if you join at the $10 level, which is the inner circle, you're going to get stickers and picks and some exclusive stickers. One exclusive Ooh, sticker. Exclusies. And- and- and, uh, some, uh, push pin things, lapel. What are those called? Thumbs yeah. Yeah. Pin. It's like a enamel pen. Yeah. Um, and, um, you, you get also the get to circle. The, you also
0: get to suggest what albums we're going yeah, to get
1: into the, the little, uh, behind the scenes group. And sometimes we just throw random stuff into a bag and send it to you. Yep. Sometimes we do that. Sometimes we
0: don't. Well, I'm buying all these mini pedals. So I think I'm going to have to get rid of them at some yeah, point yeah. and it's not worth selling them. So let's just give them away to people. That's what I'm saying. There
1: you go. Yeah. Uh, so thanks, everyone who already supports the show. We super appreciate it. Everyone who supports the show, whenever I update the list, uh, they get their name on the list during the, the end credit song.
0: Yeah, which is about to happen after this next ad.
1: Yeah, this next ad was sent by Nick Harshaw, who is in the Inner Circle. This is a used Crate BX200 solid state guitar head. They want $99 for it at... Looks like Guitar Center in Southington, Connecticut. The best thing
0: about this, and the only reason we're talking about it, is because the faceplate has been modified. You know how they'll modify like a Marshall yeah. faceplate to say like Mars or like Marsha. Marsha or, or, or all or Hall. <laughs> or they'll or modify shall. the back of a Toyota truck to just say Yoda. Yeah. You know, someone has taken or, the crate or, the crate or. logo on the front of this crate amp and modified it just to say Crap, <laughs> crap, and I love it. It makes me want to pull out my old little crate mini amp and do tr- the same thing. I've been
1: trying to figure out how they did this. Did they? Yeah, because it's a. Is it's, it just another
0: R? No, I think they they painted in, uh, a, a, a loop the loop of the the P underneath the top of the T, and they blacked out part of the T.
1: <clears throat> and then okay. they broke
0: off where the e was going to be
1: yeah yeah that part i i see that right it's just cute i don't know if
0: this thing's worth 99 bucks it's a big old bass amp it's it's a BX 200 it would
1: be worth that much if it was like completely intact but
0: in its current state it's total crap
1: <laughs> it is total crap
0: well what do you think it's worth 50 bucks how much uh, is this crap worth
1: uh I mean, if it's in like good shape, I guess uh maybe <laughs> when you Google create amp bx two hundred, that's the first one that comes up.
0: <laughs> it's the only one for sale. All the rest got thrown in the trash.
1: Yeah, I don't know, man. Um It doesn't matter. I, I You're would, not gonna buy I this. I would probably go with no one's gonna buy this. I would ninety nine dollars is is definitely the top. I would. I mean, say, Guitar Center's
0: you know, not going to make money that. underneath ninety nine dollars. They have to sell yeah. for that at least, right?
1: Yeah. Here's Otherwise some. Pond, just here's it some pawn shop that's trying to sell it for one fifty, <coughs> but it says Crate instead of Crap. So
0: I'm not going to pay an upcharge for a worse logo. I want that Crap logo. I want all Crate logos to be converted to uh to the crap modification
1: the crap, crap mod yeah. you know what i'm looking at this and i almost wonder if this guy like yeah you're probably right it's probably just white out but yeah i think it's paint it's a paint job i want it to be like something extensive or like the guy like actually took the e and like chopped it up and now then... no he didn't but that's what i want ryan he 3d printed a new sign That's definitely not what happened.
0: All right, man, get us out of here. How much would you pay for this? I wouldn't pay for this. At all. At all, because I don't play bass. And if I did play bass, I probably wouldn't buy this crap. This crap.
1: All right, this uh, last song was sent, uh, this next song was sent by Valerie. Uh, She says, I'm Valerie. She says, hi, Stephen Ryan. That's right. Put my name first. Thank you. What do you think sounds better? Steve and Ryan or Ryan and Steve? Ryan and Steve definitely seems like it's more natural. It's
0: like the more commercial sound, I think.
1: Uh, But, you know, it's nice to feel important every once in a while. (laughs) She says, I'm Valerie, and I'm in a two-person band with my husband, Luke. We are just getting started on our first few songs. If you'd like to play our song at the end of one of your shows, that'd be awesome. Our band is Killing the Flower. The song is called Shackles. We can be found on Instagram if anyone is interested at Killing the Flower. All our music is on YouTube and most streaming services. Uh, you don't have to tell everyone the gear we used, but since you're obviously into gear, I thought I'd tell you what we used. Well, if you're going to put what you use, we're yeah, definitely going to talk about it. it. If
0: you're going to write it, Steve's going to read it. This is what Steve does. He reads things.
1: Yeah, so this is, uh, they used an Electra Phoenix, which is, that's a cool 80s guitar you want to talk about. If you just want to collect cool stuff, go collect some Electras. Uh, Marshall DSL-40C and a custom built, so Luke built the fuzz. That's used on the song based on a big muff, a Morley mini wall slash volume and an SM57. The bass is a Squire Jaguar bass into a GK MB-115, a deluxe bass, big muff pie, some Sennheiser mics for the woofer and tweeter. The drums are Mapex, Mars series drums, Paiste cymbals and mics all over heck using Reaper for the DAW. What was that sound?
0: my baby crying oh that's unfortunate yeah
1: here's the song <laughs> that reverb to my voice on this episode <laughs> maybe the roadcaster can do that
0: is there some reverb built in there maybe I don't, uh, I don't know that was a long one was it it felt long
1: i don't know i liked it
0: yeah is i like that uh, that bass fuzz yeah that's cool all right bye everyone stay grounded see ya